Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients, no sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hi, this is Trent Clark, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, international speaker, longtime coach in professional baseball, coaching in three World Series, and welcome to the Winners Find the Way show. I am super excited today to bring along Hazel Ortega, my guest. Hi, Hazel. Hi, Trent. How are you doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. Hazel is in LA area. And Hazel and I go back a few years. We are both entrepreneur organization members, and we met through that organization. And Hazel has a fabulous, most people, uh, she's a number one bestseller called From Bounced Checks to Private Jets. And I love that name, Hazel. How did you come up with that name? I was sitting around talking to my friend, and I gave her a big check. And she said, wow, to think that you used to bounce checks on me. And now uh, you're giving me a good check and it's a big one. And I was thinking about what to name my book. And then I said, that is great. I'm from bounce checks to private jets. I love that. I, I think that's so good. And, and it's really telling. Like the book really walks you through your story. And we're going to get into that today for sure. For the show, if you're the first time on the Winners Find a Way show, if you've ever faced stiff adversity, felt like the losses are mounting and you need to find a better way. Well, I think you came to the right place. I interview top 1% successful people and they talk about the challenges they faced in their life, the things they've had to overcome. So whether you're an already an entrepreneur, an athlete, business leader, or you're just flat out looking to become elite, you're in the right spot today. So welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hazel, before I introduce you, Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Are you on LinkedIn? Tell them all where they can find Hazel Ortega. I'm on Instagram. Uh, That's probably the most popular place where people can get a hold of me. They send messages and write to me and ask questions all the time. And I am on LinkedIn and on Facebook as Hazel Ortega Official. Okay, cool. And where can they buy the book? You can buy the book on Amazon or you can get it on my website. And if you buy it on the website, it's the same exact price, except it comes from me and it's autographed. So that is at the masteryofmiracles.com website. Masteryofmiracles.com. I love that. And I want to get into that, by the way, the mastery of miracles. So if you have a question for Hazel, please, you can ask it in the chat. We will try to get to it at the end, and we thank you for coming along and joining us today. Here's a few highlights I jotted down about that. Of course, the number one best-selling author for the book, CEO of several multimillion-dollar business ventures. You've been a keynote speaker. Let's dive into a little bit of Ortega Counseling Center. You've You've had this company over 20 years. I mean, what was your passion there, what you do there, and what's your passion why you got into this? What we do there is vocational return to work counseling for people who had an injury on the job and whose employer didn't offer them a job back 
after the doctor released them and their condition is stable. Here in California, if that happens to you by law, the insurance company pays for you to go back to school. Mm -hmm. And we are counselors and we help you find a career choice and then training. And then we support you throughout the way until you graduate. People that have counselors tend to be more successful than those that don't. And I started that business from my garage, Trent. I didn't have any money at all to rent an office. And uh, I started in my garage and now we're the largest in California. Amazing. And I love this, um, you know, this principle, right? You're living proof of this principle and knows what it is to settle for nothing less than a legendary life. Let's talk about that as a person born in East LA, raised in downtown LA in a 60 unit apartment that's just infested, right? Cockroaches, rats, gang members, like it's infested with all sorts of bad actors and some of them are people, right? And it's a miracle, like, you know, that you just got through it. Let's talk a little bit about those two kind of statements. Being legendary to me, especially where I come from, I notice people look to me and are like, I want to change my life too. I want to do what you did. And so I'm very conscious of like, I'm almost feeling like I'm a living statue and like, I'm that. And so are all of us. Like we, people look to us for advice, for just confirmation of who they are. And I'm very conscious of that. So legendary, you know, changing people's lives, like that transcends time. And while we're even gone, people are going to remember us. We're going to make a difference in the world. And that's what I'm up to right now. That's what has me be on this podcast. I love you. And I love talking to you. And that's why I'm here on this podcast too, though, to create a legendary life and show others that they can overcome adversity. And again, yes, I did grow up in downtown LA and gang members and death and violence was all around us. And then also my parents were divorced. My mom married and divorced many times. And we always lived in this 60 unit apartment building. And so every time my mom got a divorce, she changed apartment number. Always stayed in the same apartment building. We were going through just all kinds of issues growing up. And honestly, Trent, these kids that grow up in in these buildings, we don't think that life is going to get better. We think it's going to be the big suck for a long time. And then we grow up and then we still have those thoughts. I remember like not having any dreams because people like us don't have dreams come true. So why waste your time? And so that was a really big thing uh, that I realized in retrospect, like, wow, I didn't dream anything at all because nothing was within my means. Yeah. And it's so interesting because now I think like you're a total dreamer, right? I even put that in my post this morning. I was like, I'm going to have like a dreamer like me. Come on. Like, you know, like, everyone knows I'm a dreamer, right? And, and it's funny that you say that because I had that experience when I was 15 years old where I said to a former professional baseball player, like, hey, I want to do what you did, right? So just like people are coming to you, Hazel, now and saying, hey, I want to do what you did, got out of this godforsaken place environment, and you changed the whole geography, right? You changed your whole vision of what's in front of you, what you see, and talk to it. Take us back to that. How does a girl with no dreams, everything's destitute. There's no way out. There's not a future for us to the dreamer, to the person you are today, who's not only dreaming it. And I want this to really sink in with the audience because Hazel, I don't look at you as just a dreamer, right? Because you're doing it. And I think that's huge. Exactly. Yeah. So then I grow up in this neighborhood. I don't even finish high school. I mm. get a job right away. I start working at a job where my cousin told me they were hiring for secretaries. And I'm working there. And I think that I'm going to be there for the rest of my life. And I feel very 
lucky to have that job. And I was getting paid $15 an hour. And I really thought that's as good as it gets for me. And by the way, that was pretty good money for a kid. Like, you know, you're 19 years old or 17 years old. And this is like, hey, I can do this. But you fast find out like $15 probably is not going to pay the rent at the apartment and pay for the insurance on the car and all that. Like it's rough now. Yeah. Well, $15 now is not what $15 was back then. Right Right now it's very rough on $15. Back then it was a comfortable living. Um, I was I was bouncing checks. I wasn't making it. You know, people say you're paycheck to paycheck. I was b- less than paycheck to paycheck because by the time my next paycheck came, I was already short and overdrawn on my account. Um, but that that also has a lot to do with that. I never saw my mom go to the bank. I didn't see her cash a check other than the welfare check. I never saw her do any kind of budgeting. So all of them, there was never enough. And that's how I kind of kept the same MO as my mom, where I spend all my money and it's okay if you spend all your money, you know, you're going to find a way, right? Mm. But here I am working at this job and I, $15 an hour, I started off at $7 an hour and then I was working there now eight or nine years, $15 an hour. And um, my boss is a Latino attorney and he asked me, you know, to go to college. And I said that I was good, that I wanted to work for him for the rest of my life. And he told me, oh, no, you're not. You're going to be a professional and you need to go to college. And so I didn't want to go to college. He was putting a lot of pressure on me. Were you surprised to hear that? Like Totally. I was like, he thinks I can go to college. Like he saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. Yes. Yeah. I was completely shocked. And now, I mean, he's one of the most important people in my life. While I was working for him, I became an injured worker. I was sitting at a desk for somebody a lot shorter than me. And you know me, Trent, I'm really tall. <laughs> and so I, was sitting there. I am. And, you know, all of us here now, we're, we're working from home or we have different, uh, we're not at the office with, you know, regular desks. So we have to be very careful to sit properly because by the time you realize that you have nerve damage, it's too late, right? And the only way to heal yourself is to completely stop doing what you were doing and have surgery and fix your nerves and then not do what you were doing. And so, because if you do, and you go back to do what you were doing, your the nerve damage returns like if you never had the surgery. So everybody needs to be really careful. And that's what happened to me. I developed carpal tunnel, cubital tunnel, which is in your elbows and then problems with my neck. And the doctor told me I couldn't do my job anymore. And right then and there, there was a lot of fear. Like by this time I had three kids at home and I was married. I was 26 years old and I didn't even have a high school diploma. The doctor told me I should go back to school because in California we have this program for injured workers. And then the my boss told me to go back to school and that he would support me and allow me to have flexible work schedule. And since I did look to the future as doom, I'm like, I need to do something. I need to go back to school. And I did. I went back to school and I earned my high school diploma at 30. And I became an educational psychologist at 36. Wow. How about that? So, <laughs> I mean, you think about this. This You're getting pushed. This isn't an overnight sensation, right? I mean, this is from the time you're 17, 18, and finally you you really get off and take action. Part of that's the push, right? You're a mom of three, married, you're trying to make it work. You know, part of it's some desperation, but this is finally sinking in like he was exactly right from the beginning. Totally. Yes, you could do it. So what happens, most of our clients in our business, I, I started a vocational return to work counseling center from my garage, right? Helping people to do exactly what I did. Go back to school, 
learn something new and change your life. And that's what we do. And that's what we teach people. And one of the things that stops people, a lot of people, Trent, is that you feel like you have such low self-esteem, you don't believe in yourself, that you think you're always going to feel that way. But mm. in reality, it's not that, you know, if somebody wants to go out and, be, and become a doctor or a nurse, and you're an older person, you didn't do it right away as a young kid, it's you feel like you're too old, you can't learn all these kinds of things. But what happens is every time you do something small, and you complete it, and you have success, then you build your self-esteem back up, right? You build self-esteem. You Every time you complete and have those little small successes, that is what makes you feel better about yourself and keeps you going. So in the beginning, I wasn't shooting for getting a master's degree and becoming a psychologist and opening my own business. No, it was like, geez, I need to get my high school diploma. And then when I completed my high school diploma, I'm like, oh, if I could do that, then maybe I can get my AA degree. And so every class was like one class at a time. And then that built it up. Let's fast forward to this. You're a restaurant owner now, one of LA's best, right? With the Nixon chops and whiskey and Whittier, which is awesome. Designer sensation on Savvy Socks. Incredible, right? You've had your companies featured in the United Nations, LA Times, BBC, CNN, NBC. I mean, talk about this 180 of this. How does a girl who's got no future, 18 years old, going to go, you know, start this young family, not a degree, not seeing like, hey, I got a job and that's good enough to fast forward 20 years and you've done this whole thing. I mean, it's incredible, right? Yeah, it's a miracle, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. In your book, you write the mastery of miracles, right? From bounce checks, private jets. What is, how would you define the mastery of miracle? Well, first of all, describing a miracle is something you can't do, right? So our brain is not uh, designed to make it happen. When we're relying on our own selves to make it happen and we build goals and we want to do like the moonshot goal and we get motivated, maybe we go to Tony Robbins, right? And and then you fall flat because your brain knows you can't do it. It doesn't believe you can do it. And so when you set goals and vision based on miracles, your brain doesn't try to do make it happen. And so it allows it to live and be alive and look at all the details. And so for me, my success tool is creating a vision and dreams based on miracles. Because when I was asked to tell somebody where I was going to be in five years, I couldn't say anything different than was was already happening in my life. At that time, I was 36 years old. Trent, I was 36 years old. I had just graduated as a, a psychologist and I was fist fighting with my sister who was a police officer. That's how dysfunctional we were. Very violent. We didn't know how to solve our problems without violence, without being mean and silent treatment and stop talking to my brothers and sisters and my mom and my dad and my their brothers and sisters didn't talk to each other either. They were always fighting. At family parties, there was always a fight. The police were called. Like That kind of stuff was happening in, in my life at 36 as a psychologist. Yes. So somebody asked me, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, well, why would life look any different than it does mm. to me, right? Um, it was like living Groundhog Day. And a lot of people live that way. Like every day looks the same as the day before. And that's pretty depressing. And there's nothing to look forward to. And so that's where I was too. And right then and there, Trent, I also realized that I don't dream. I'm very realistic. And most people are very realistic in that 
If you're making plans for something, you plan on how much money you have in the bank or how much money you don't have in the bank. Like, I can't do that. I know I don't have any money. Yeah. I would love to go to Hawaii, but I don't have any money. You don't make a dream. And so even in my immediate uh, circles right now, my employees or people I come across, I hear them speaking about how they would love to do that, but they just can't. So because your brain knows to keep you safe and it doesn't allow you to dream. It gets scared. And so I did everything based on miracles. And so I was sitting there and I said, well, if I'm, I have to answer this lady, I can't just say, I, I don't know. I, I can't see a future. So I said, well, okay, if I believe in God and I believe in miracles, I believe in something higher than myself. What is possible if that is true? And then that's when I created a vision of like, I was going to have a $3 million plus business. I was going to meet the love of my life. By this time at 36, I was already divorced. Mm. I didn't believe in the love of your life. I thought that's something for people on television. Yeah. You know, remember my mom married and divorced many times, right? And um, I didn't believe in that. And then I also said I was going to fly in private jets and that I was going to live in a pimp daddy mansion. <laughs> my daughter was going to go to college and I was going to have a life that looked like I was always on vacation. I mean, like that would take a miracle to make happen. That would take like God to be on my side, right? And all the angels and everything. And But that's what I did, Trent. And whatever it takes for people to get a vision like that, like so big, like you have to do it. Vision is everything. I think once creating a vision, you're already 50% there. How mm. are you going to get a target if you don't even know what the target is, right? Right. And I didn't even know I wanted all of those things. I would have never said that before if it wasn't for that moment that I was asked that question. And then I said I wanted it by five years. I got everything Trent within two years, two years. Wow. Yes. Okay. I drew everything. I don't know if you read that part in the book. I drew everything. And the day that you come to my house, Trent, you'll see that I have my picture in a picture frame hanging in my dining room. That's awesome. That is so cool. You may, we might have to put that picture frame in your background when you do these interviews. This would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, that, but that is a, I mean, didn't you choose psychology to study because of the family environment thinking we got to figure this out? Like this family is dysfunction with a capital D. I don't know what we're going to do, but maybe I could study. Was it, was that, did that enter the back of your mind as this is something that I wanted to do? No, no, not, not at all. Because uh, as Latinos, we tend to not believe in therapy and psychologists. Okay. <laughs> we were like, no, that's not for us. It's not culturally I, like the go-to, right? No. What happened was that I was working as a legal secretary in the workers' compensation law office. Yes. So we were already helping injured workers. And these injured workers were calling and they were suicidal. They were having marital problems. They were having financial problems. They were losing it. And so the attorney that I worked for, he when I was in college and graduating... He said, you know, my wife says you should be a psychologist. You're already dealing with all of these issues here at the office. And there's a great need for bilingual school psychologists. That's what you should do. You should be a school psychologist. And he was like a pushy angel to me. So I went to college and I looked into it. Yeah, that's what I call him now. You call him the pushy angel? I mean, yeah. He may have that tattoo somewhere actually called, you know, pushy <laughs> angel. You know, like, that's awesome. I love that nickname. Totally. So he's the one. So you trend like, you know, in, in sports, everybody has coaches. Yeah. I believe that ev that coaches and people that come into your life and notice something about you, those are essential. Like, listen to that. Listen to people when they say that you're great and they see something in you and everybody else. Like uh, for us, our responsibility is to notice that in other people. You know, there's always something in people, great in people. You just have to notice it, call it out. 
tell them. If nobody had told me that, I would probably still be working as a secretary. Honestly, this man really called out, called me out and saw something in me when I didn't believe in myself. And there's days that I, I just wanted to quit school. It yeah. wasn't for me. Imagine I was working nine to five and then going to school seven to 10. I would also go to school Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Sundays from 10 to two. Yeah. I wanted to just quit and I wanted to just keep driving my car and not even go home to the kids or any. I just wanted to disappear. Like it was just so mm-hmm. much going on. But angels like that, like coaches, they keep the dream alive. They're like, you know, you're doing this because of your family. Remember, you said it was because of your family. And so then it's like, yes, yes, you're right. You know, and so they remind you of why you said what you said and why are you doing what you're doing? Coaches for me were the biggest, big and still continue to be the biggest thing for my success. Right. And I love that you use that in your nonprofit, you know, Angels for Injured Workers. You know, this angel feature has kind of been throughout your life. And I love that because a friend of mine and I were sitting a couple of weeks ago and he told me the story of a coach that he just hated. And he was like, yeah, we were super successful. He, he always had winning teams when we played for him. He made us work so hard. And I really felt awful for my buddy, Bill, who was kind of an overweight kid. And the coach honed in on him. And he just like, man, Bill, you got to be this. And he rode Bill like really hard. Right. And they ended up becoming champions in their league. They ended up winning a, a title together. And Bill ended up playing football for the University of Michigan and ultimately in the NFL because this guy who was so hard on everybody said, I see your potential and I'm going to push you into it, whether you like it or not. You're on my team and this is how it goes. I will absolutely maximize your value. Right. And, and I just thought like, man, and and now when I hear adults going, well, you know, you don't want to have that coach. They're going to be super hard on your kid. I'm like, no, no, no. You want that coach. (laughs) Like that's the one you want. You want the pushy angel. That's who you want to guide and direct because that push is care. I call it tough love. It's yes. just, it's not easy. It's not easy. This life isn't going to be easy. No one's promised like, Oh, here's the red carpet, Hazel, go ahead. You know, anything you do, you're going to still end up on NBC and CNN. Just do whatever you want. Just red carpet. Like that's not how it's going to go. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. You're right. The pushy angel. And I, I said to myself just recently, because now I'm writing more books, right? I want to write a book about being pushy angels. And I yes. thought about it. I have a kid, one of my kids, uh, he's, 26 years old and he's kind of like you know just chilling you know Wait, one of your children well i raised my mom's kids right oh i was gonna say because you'd have to be 10 like i don't know how that works like over in you know east la but come on all right go ahead keep going yeah so my brothers came to live with me when they were only four and six years old and so i raised them as my own i'm their sister mom and the 26 year old he's like really chilling, right? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a pushy angel. I'm going to do what somebody did to me. And um, I grabbed him and I said, look, people did this for me and I'm going to do this for you. I've been allowing you to like really just hang out and figure your stuff out. But you know what? We're going to do this. And I asked him, what are your 10 goals for the year based on miracles and like the whole thing? And I went through everything that I do 
And then I'm checking with him every Monday and I'm like, okay, you didn't do it. Do it now. You know, I'm being his pushy angel because that's what needs to be done. I cannot just allow that to happen. So right now, even in our own company, uh, the counseling center, I even told you earlier today, statistically, people that have counselors have more, tend to have more success at completing their goals. So same thing goes with coaches. So for me, number one tool I recommend to everybody is find a coach definitely hire a coach. I'm not a coach. We do help injured workers, but I don't coach anybody aside from that. I get, I have my own coaches for anything that I'm up to. If you want to be great in life, you need to have a coach for that area that you're Mm -hmm. trying to be great. So for me, I have several different coaches. Sometimes I have up to eight coaches at a time. And you might think that's crazy, but you know, Kobe, he had coaches for a dribbling. He had coaches for running. He had coaches for weight training, all of that. Any area that you want to be the best at, you should have a coach. So if I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to get a running coach. Yes. Right. And so relationship coaching, their spiritual coaching, business coaching. I have business coaches for different types of businesses. Yes. If I want to build a brand, I have that kind of a coach. If I want to increase my revenue, I have a different kind of coach. So I have, that's what I have going on. Mindset coach, per, you know, performance coaches, you know, all about that. So th- I don't want to say I'm doing it on my own because honestly, I don't think any of us really can make it on our own. And being poor, like I was poor and I know the mentality and I, it, in poor mentality, you don't ask for help. And that is one of the biggest things that hold people back is not asking for help. People want to help you. As a matter of fact, I help a lot of people, but I help people that ask for help and I help people that are up to something, mm. right? And so I'm not, some people have come to me and they tell me, Hazel, here's my idea. You do it. You invest your money and give me 50% of the profits. I'm like, excuse me. Right. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. That is a common pitch. Right. And, you know, we always, we had a, uh, a saying in baseball, right? You could talk. People would talk all the time. Show me. Make me a believer. Like you've got to take action. I have a spiritual faith and I will believe in that spirit. Right. But for everybody else, you better show me, like you know, I know human nature. You've got to take action. You've got to get up off the couch. And uh, that is so important. What do you think, Hazel, is your superpower that separates you from everybody else? What, what catapults you to that 1%? Like, what is it about Hazel that not only, and I, and I really want to, you know, admire you about this and praise you because you could have easily got to the top and and gone right back to spending all your money and still been in debt. We know plenty of people who make lots of money who don't have any, right? Yeah. But you changed something. What is it the one that not only catapults you there, but you stay there? Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.